Good morning, everyone. My name is Kevin Bates, and I'm the lead pastor for Resonate Christian Church. And this morning, we are having to pivot and do some new things because the smoke has canceled our in-person gathering, but we're still able to do a live broadcasting feed. Um, our, one of our main video texts is also ill this morning, and so we're praying for him, and so we have some stand-in crew this morning trying to do the very best that we can with what we've been given, and so if the transitions are a little rough or things are different, um, that's why, and that's okay. Uh, we are very grateful for this week and the opportunity that our church and the people that are connected to resonate in general as a community got to participate in the large-scale distribution of supplies to, uh, to the fire crews on the line of Shehalem and also in Clackamas. And so this week we are very grateful for our community of Sherwood and also the community of Tigard and the business owners of a business group that we belong to in Tigard and also here businesses in Sherwood that came together to bring large amounts of supplies and water and snacks and medical type toiletry things and all kinds of supplies to this location where we sit now. And we were able to bring truckload after truckload to different places. And so I've been on the phone even this morning and, and we were up at the Shehalem site this morning delivering breakfast from one of the local restaurants here in town and also coffee from Symposium and resupplying their stock. And so the fire um, is getting under control and they're in a good spot to be able to demobilize and do some different things. That's what I got a text from the FOC right here about five minutes ago. So we're in good shape, although um, our situation with our air quality is bad, and so we need to get to the other side of that, but I'm sure that um, nature will take care of that with um, some colder weather, some hopefully some rain and some winds coming up. And so we, uh, we're just very grateful to have um, the opportunity as a community, as Symposium, as Vine and Sparrow, as Resonate, to all come together in the business communities in both um, and all of the community members being able to supply different things for our firefighters. They, they were very appreciative, very thankful, and wanted to send that out to everyone here in Sherwood and in Tigard. If you have access to communion supplies, we want you to gather those now. I have a small introduction, and so if you want to turn your volume up on your device, you can at this point and go gather either um, some juice or wine and some bread and bring it back to where you are located and uh, get ready for communion at the end of our time together. We do light this candle each and every week, and we call this the Christ candle, and this displays and shows the light of Christ that is in us and with us and for us. That even in the darkness, even when we don't see the light, even when we don't see goodness and we don't see the end of the tunnel, let's say, um, it just definitely feels like all we need is brimstone to polish off 2020. And so we've already seen a little bit of hell and a lot of fire and maybe brimstone is coming. I have no idea. But this is what I do know, that no matter what the past has shown, 
no matter what the present that we are enduring or what the future holds, that the light of Christ still shines brightly even in the darkness. And you can hold to that, hold to that truth and have a lot of hope in that, in that truth. So we are a community that loves like Jesus. What that means is in tangible ways. What that means is generosity. What that means is giving. What that means is helping. What that means is propping up and being um, burden carriers and those that are carrying even uh, people along the way uh, through these times. And so whether you have helped evacuate, that you're housing people that have evacuated, that you are offering supplies to firefighters, bringing supplies or what have you, we are a community that loves like that. And that's what Resonate really desires to be. And I know that our love is strengthened. And in these times when we expend a lot of energy, I was just reading this morning for my personal like devotion, journaling for my personal spiritual health this morning, just so I could run around at 6 a.m. and then land here and preach. I just needed a little bit of pause, about 10 minutes of getting myself spiritually fed. Um, and I do that myself just by sitting down with scripture and then writing out in my journal and, and talking uh, to God about maybe some emotions or things that I'm going through in my head, just to get those out and on paper and to God. And daily devotion is one of our core values. I also pray. And I think that prayer is important. And it's, it's not, sometimes prayer is, Yelling at God, you know, hands, fists, and, and yelling. Sure, that's, that's time. There's times for that, and there's times for asking for things, and there's time for praising. And I think that finding praise amongst the darkness is a challenge, yet it's something that we need to strive for, is striving to praise God. Freedom from strongholds. We do have strongholds in our life and our pride and our ego usually uh, is one of those great big strongholds in our life that hold us back. And one thing that I've seen over the last week is working with firefighters um, and being in contact with firefighters that are actually on the field. They're very humble people and their humility is astounding, actually. I, I didn't even know what to do with it. They were calling the people that were helping heroes and I'm looking at them going, no, you're the hero. And you're calling people who are making breakfast heroes. Um, it was very humbling. And so releasing those kind of strongholds of pride and anger, resentment, sometimes we need to be shaken up. And uh, I'm not saying that God caused all this to happen, but it happened. All this around us is happening. And maybe this is a time that we can take to release some of the strongholds in our life. Um, serving the community, it's very important that we embrace generosity, sacrificial generosity. Sharing and knowing story is important. Walking up to your neighbors and knowing who they are, knowing why they are and what they are um, is important. And I think that knowing people's names and knowing who and what they're doing with their life and their families and their children, knowing your neighbor's children's birthday, knowing um, the grocery store clerk's name and important things um, in their life, her, his life, um, is important. And so I know I, I, I need to know 
people's story. And then we get to celebrate. And when we think about celebration, we need to work hard. We need to devote hard. We need to sacrifice hard. We need to to offer hard. We need to uh, serve hard. We need to sacrifice hard. Uh, And then there is a time to celebrate. And I think that a lot of times we forget to praise God and to celebrate and to to dance a little bit in our hearts and our lives and work towards the emotion and the and embrace the moment of happiness. Um, and sometimes we need help doing that. And so our friends can serve in that way in helping us to, to celebrate. So with all those in mind, I think growing in those helps us to love more. It helps us to give more. When we're filled in these ways, we can love like Jesus. And that's the kind of church that I've been praying for, and that's the type of church that we are and that we are becoming more like. Well, we're continuing the book of Philippians, and Philippians chapter 2 is where we're at, starting in verse 12, and this is how it goes. Therefore, my loved ones, just as you always, always obey me, not just when I am present, but now even more that I am away. Carry out your own salvation with fear and trembling. God is the one who enables you both to want and to actually live uh, out his good purposes. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure, innocent children and God surrounded by people who are crooked and corrupt. Among these people, you shine like stars in the world because you hold on to the word of life. This will allow me to say on the day of Christ that I haven't run for nothing or worked for nothing, but even if I have poured out like a drink offering upon the altar of service for your faith, I'm glad. I'm glad with all of you. You should be glad about this in the same way. Be glad with me. I love that ending, that no matter what, he's asking for us to be glad with him. No matter what he's going through, that we need to be glad with him. In the same way, you should be glad about this. And he says that I am glad with all of you. So I think about the attitude of Paul in this verse, in this passage of scripture, that I think about, like, can I have that kind of attitude even if I feel like I'm in prison? Can I have that attitude even though I feel like I'm in chains? Can I have that attitude even though I feel like maybe I'm down, just down and out and like not feeling like my head is above water? Do I find it difficult to live life without grumbling? Absolutely. There's a lot to complain about. There's a lot to complain about in the last six months. Uh, maybe you have felt just like I have felt, completely taken from in so many ways that you've lost in so many ways that you feel like you can't in so many ways. There's a lot to grumble about, um, especially when things are weighing us down. Maybe you've lost income. Uh, I know people who've completely lost their job and have had to pivot and do something completely different to try to just pay their bills. That's hard to pivot like that in six months. That's hard to pivot like that, literally, some, some people, in a month. And, and so it's difficult to live life without grumbling. There's difficulty in finances. It's difficult emotionally. Um, it's difficult with physical pain. This morning, I feel like I cannot talk. I have been up on a mountain. Yesterday, I was up on the hill for a long period of time, back and forth, but for a period of time for a long time. And 
I, I definitely down here, I just feel like my lungs are just ready to collapse. I did wear a mask. I tried my best to keep myself mitigated from the smoke, but yet physical pain. And so am I going to cough probably during my sermon? Am I going to sniffle and sit up here like I'm, you know, having massive allergies? Um, I am. And I'm just going to do it. And you know what? Sickness and physical pain and uh, emotional pain and financial pain, it is life. It is here. It will always be amongst us. The things that hold us back, weigh us down, will always be probably an everyday experience. You might have the majority of the day be amazing and awesome. You might have 95% of your day be like you are on top of the world. And that 5%, there's 5% that's going to weigh you down. The human condition, the, the, the nature of human nature, what happens to us is we forget the 95% and we camp on the 5 because that feels like to complain and to, to be angry about people and life and situations and, and the things that just hold us back, it's easier to complain. It's easier to gripe and to be hot, like hard on ourselves and others. It's easier. Uh, why? Because Paul talks about it's the thing that's inside of us that we don't want to do, but we do it anyway. It's the sin inside of us. It's the things that that hold us back, that kind of birth out the nature of, of human nature. So Paul is asking us to do life without grumbling and, and arguing and complaining. And so I have to ask myself, what causes strife? Well, if life is life, and life is going to give us that 5%, 10%, 50%, if life is not all bad, but some things are bad. If life is going to cause that, well, James 4, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires and war within and also without? And so there's war outside, there's war inside. And the war outside, whether it be nature, whether it be people, whether it be attitudes, whatever it is, there's going to be war outside. And also my conflicted spirit, there's going to be war inside. During my counseling session, I, I do some counseling with Amanda, and we have a great counselor, and we're sitting there in front of the counselor, and she says, what causes like the anger um, inside of you and for you to say certain things that you don't want to say? And I said, well, it comes from my conflicted spirit. Uh, it's like the angel and the demon, you know, on, on my shoulders. And the angel says, don't say it, but the demon says, say it. And I, I you know, sometimes gravitate towards the demon because uh, it's, it's easier to, to say it than to, than to hold back. Resistance is more difficult than expression and expulsion. And so to blow up is easier than to contain, right? I mean, we, we just know that physically it's, easy, it's easier to explode than to hold energy in a container. But Paul is asking us to hold the energy in the container. He's asking us to resist the grumbling. But James also says things, and we've, we, we, we talk through this when we uh, preach through the book of James, you're jealous of what others have. You can't get it. You fight and you wage war to take it from, from them. I would say a lot of that for us, because I, I wouldn't say that anybody that I know is out like trying to steal stuff from other people. But we do take people's times. We take people's emotions. Um, I know in myself, and I know this in you, and I know this in everybody, that our emotions and our hurt and our, our pain is the most important thing um, when it comes to pain. My pain is 
is most important, right? Because I'm experiencing it. I mean, if I was cut and bleeding out, that's the most important thing that I could, I could think about. And so I need to wrap myself in bandages and take care of myself and give myself what um, I need. But how about if you're just looking at somebody that just doesn't go through any pain? They don't go through any emotional crisis. They just kind of are walking on cotton and they have silk slippers and they're just like silver spoon in their mouth and everything's given to them and they really just don't have anything to complain about. What happens when that person complains, right? It makes you a little bit angry because of jealousy. And so there's war outside, there's war inside, lots of conflicting things going on. And so, so another thing that I would, I would say that during this time is not only is the war outside, the war inside, but yet there's also lots of change. And I would say that change is probably the most difficult thing that anyone um, really can endure. I mean, honestly, like the changes that we've had to make and you have had to make um, have been so difficult and so like exhausting. I look at some of you and the changes that you've had to make and I, it makes me a little emotional because I, I feel your pain and I empathize with it. And some of you have had to do things in your life in the last six months um, that are astound. I mean, they are like unbelievably difficult. I know somebody that literally uh, two days ago, they had to move into a trailer onto their kid's property. And two days ago, they had to move into a friend's house, move the trailer to another friend's house, and basically, they're just living on couches in a friend's house as this trailer, their home, their now temporary home, um, that they had a home, had to move into a temporary home, and now that temporary home, is, now they're in a temporary, temporary home. And just, just that week of change, having to move out, then move out, and literally move out, right? I don't know if you've moved. I've moved. I can handle that once a year or once every 10 years, right? Moving my, my stuff around. But some people have had to just change and change and change over the, last, over the last week, over the last six months, I've watched people just pivot, 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 just over and over and over again. And it's exhausting. Change is difficult. And so I would say that what causes internal conflict a lot of times inside of me is change. It's the change that I'm not a part of. It's the change that slaps, slaps me in the face. It's the change that rocks my world and makes me have to like panic and make new decisions or worry and it cr creates all the internal conflict. And so what helps me in all of this, whether it be war outside, war inside, whether it be change happening, slapping me in the face, change that I'm a part of, change that I'm a part of, it's all difficult. All that is called life, whether it be financial change, emotional change, physical change. It's all, it's all difficult. What I need in my life when I go through that is I need a strong community of people surrounding me, surrounding me with edification and affirmation, surrounding me with support and getting behind uh, just me as a person and, and cheering me on. My mental mentor uh, and, and mentor, no, he's, well, he's an old man now, but just kidding. Uh, kind of, but, but he, he's older. Let's say he's older because uh, he's probably listening to this sometime this week. So 
Love you, Tony. Anyway, so my older mentor, um, he's older than me, let's say. He always talked about your cheerleaders that you have in your life. Who is cheering you on, right? Because we got, we got a plurality of naysayers. I mean, just look on social media. I mean, if you're going to post anything or your opinion on social media, the naysayers will come like locust in your life, right? If you put anything controversial on your social media page, the locusts of, of just snide, snarky, and disagreement will just come your way. But I, I have to ask, do you have, do you have a plurality of cheerleaders in your life. And I'm not talking about people that just will tell you what you want to hear. No, that's not the person I'm talking about. These are the people that will actually support you. These are the people that actually are in the trenches, willing to prop you up, willing to give to you, willing to connect with you. And I have people like this in my life that definitely are are close to me, and then there's people in my life that definitely are, are very like acquaintance style. So they don't have to be close friends. They are people in my life that prop me up, that support me, that I know that every time I meet with them, they're gonna tell me the truth. They're not gonna hold back. They're gonna pray for me, and I know that they love me just because I'm a human being. One person like that in my life that I barely know, her name's Holly. And she's working up on the fire lines as a chaplain. And I think about Holly as every time I see her, she's thankful that I'm, I'm present. She's thankful for my ministry. And I know that she prays for me. She's a cheerleader. She's not gonna just blow hot air up my shirt, you know, with, with words that are like empty. no. She's going she's gonna to speak the truth in love. And that is what I need in, in my life. Um, I have other people like Tony. I think about just the, the amount of no matter what, he's always calling me. No matter what, he's, he's always just right there. Just not, not blowing hot air. He's, he's willing to t tell me the truth. And he's willing to be right there, right there for me. I think about the brothers that I have in my life, those that are distant and far away and those that are, that are present here. They're willing to pray. They're willing, even though they might not know exactly what's happening, they're willing to show up at least at minimum, minimum in prayer. Think about the best friends in my life showing up lifting boxes. I think about the ones that are actually lifting boxes in my life and actually doing work with me and partnered with me. Uh, I think about all this. The, that is my cheering squad. That is the people that are there that are willing to show up however they're showing up and to speak the truth in love and to be right there, right there for me. So I think about that's what I need in my life. But I also need this idea in the church of unity. And when I read Philippians 2 and, and all of Philippians, he calls the church to a unified spirit. He calls the church to a unified cause and a unified like, 
like belief in Jesus. Jesus is the most important no matter what. Jesus even says that the greatest command is to love God and to love people. And no matter what, greater than our arguments, greater than our disagreements, greater than my political uh, 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 aversions or my political um, affirmations. Uh, my brother Chuck and I were just talking about this last or yesterday, that Jesus is more important than any opinion I could have or any belief in you know, the way things ought to be that I could have. Jesus supersedes all of that. And the church needs unity under that king. Not under the king of public and popular opinion. And so when Jesus says something, when Jesus calls us to something, when I read in scripture that Jesus commands something, that is what I follow. That is what we need to, to follow. And and so the greatest command that I can see that Jesus gives is to love people regardless. Love people with agape. Love people unconditionally. That's where we need to be. That we relentlessly love human beings. And as a church community, we need to be unified under that mission and that and that cause. So not only do we need like what is going to help me with the grumbling and the quarrels and the fights, even amongst myself, the war outside, the war inside, and the change that's happening all around me, is I need to be unified with not only my cheerleaders, those that are showing up in my life, but I need to be unified in a community of people under uh, the king kingship of Jesus. That's who we need to follow. That's who is real. That is the mission, and love is his. A uh, love is his call. So I can have an opinion about someone's lifestyle choices, behavior, preferences, politics, supporting of whatever's causes what they involve themselves in. I can have an opinion of all of that. I mean, Jesus says that, well, Jesus doesn't say that we are to be immune to opinion. That's not what Jesus says to us. Uh, he doesn't say that we need to be moot of that opinion either. Yet if love does not shine, if love does not supersede and people don't hear love over opinion, we have some work to do. And we do have some work to do. So a lot of you follow Instagram and you follow Facebook and like Instagram is kind of my thing. I, I kind of like Instagram and, and so I, I like seeing pictures and just the, the ease of of Instagram, and I follow a couple of people that I would say are Christians, yet their opinions, I don't see love in their opinions. I don't see love in their postings. I don't see love in their causes. They hate a lot. I see a lot of hate. I see a lot of anger. I see a lot of hate speech. 
I see a lot of downplaying of other people. I see a lot of attacks. I see a lot of making fun of. Um, I see a lot of making fun of like things like masks, mask wearing. Or I see a lot of making fun of politics. Or I see a lot of making fun of Portland and Antifa and Proud Boys and this whole, like just making fun of it. Um, chiding, like just like snide uh, comments and stuff about it when, when we're living it. And, and so I would say that if love does not shine through all of that opinion, and if love is not seen first, we have some work to do about what, how we are speaking and what we are, what we are speaking. So there's some dangers, though, that we need to uh, safeguard ourselves. One is anger. I see that we can get too angry, and that opinion shines greater than love. Things do anger me. I'm not saying that you can be immune to, to anger. In 1 Corinthians, uh, some follow Paul, some follow uh, others, Apollo, Peter. But Paul says, I follow Christ. And so if I'm following Christ, anger needs to take a second seat to love. If I follow Christ, my, my self-importance or my getting my word out or my getting my opinion across, if love is not seen over that, then, then that, is, that is an offense. And so, so also Corinthians, 1 Corinthians says that, that some of you have been arrogant, um, some of you have been angry, and he puts that in the second seat. So there's, there's, there's dangers behind uh, anger, anger taking a front row seat to your, to your life, but then also arrogance, where you think and I think that we are so right that right becomes more important than kindness. Right becomes more important than love. And that saying that I've mentioned before, there's a meme out there that says, is it more important to be right or kind? Some people fall into that right camp. I call them truth tellers. That they're just ready to tell the truth. Um, I think that we do need to tell the truth always. Yeah, that needs to be in love. And if you don't have a relationship with somebody, um, shut, shut our mouths. That's where we need to be. We just need to shut our arrogant mouths. If we don't know somebody and have a relationship with somebody, it's, it's almost impossible to speak the truth in love. So this whole bullhorn thing or side turn or burn or all that kind of stuff that, that goes on, you know, it's just not the way that Jesus um, told us to handle making disciples and loving the world into Christ. That is not the way that, that uh, we are to behave. So the idea of just being a truth teller, that we're going to hammer it down their throats and make sure that they know that they're wrong. What I've seen from Christians a lot in the last six months is the truth telling that we're doing is not the truth of Jesus. It's the truth of that person's opinion or the truth of that person's method of life or that person's lifestyle. It's the truth of that, that person's Opinion, not the truth of, of Jesus and his, and his love. That's a very arrogant way to live if you think that everyone needs to know your truth about, about everything. Uh, the last thing that I see that in verse uh, 15, if I go up to uh, our Philippians verse here, 
do everything without, so that you may be blameless and pure, innocent children of God, surrounded by people who are uh, innocent children of God, surrounded by people who are crooked and corrupt. Among these people, you should shine like stars in the world, in the world. Well, when I think about people that allow anger and arrogance and, and such take a front seat in their, in their lives, and that's what everyone's hearing from them, and that's what everyone knows about them, and it's, it's not love, we stop shining like stars amongst corruption. We stop shining like stars amongst the world. And when Jesus says that we're to be in the world, not of the world, but be in the world, what that means is that we are to carry the name, the reputation, and the mission of Jesus into the world that does not have the name, the reputation, and the mission of Jesus. It doesn't mean that we need to hide amongst our fortresses and not go out, you know, outside of our walled lifestyles. That's not what that's not what Christianity is about. We are to be in the world, doing life, going to our jobs, um, uh, befriending people that don't know Jesus, knowing their stories, and and hearing where they've come from, and and experiencing um, experiencing life, what it's like around, well, what Paul says, maybe even corruption. And we are to live and shine like, like stars, like stars. So how do I do this? Well, I learned a lot about humility this week. I think I need to learn to be thankful. You know, in a world that is not thankful and entitled, I need to learn to be thankful. And that takes humility. When I think about Jesus and when he sat around the table and he gave bread and gave thanks and said, do this in remembrance of me, I, I think about how thankful, even knowing that he was going to go to death on the cross, Jesus was still thankful. And so humility is grounded and founded in thankfulness and gratefulness. Humility is basically the absence of self affirmation and needing self-accolades and, and self, um, it's, it's just rooted, humility is the absence of pride. It's the absence of, of arrogance. And so how do I become humble? So I want to pray for humility, snap my fingers, say Kevin Bates is humble. That's, that's just not going to happen overnight because I have 47 years of a life and a lifestyle and people in my life, all kinds of people in my life, promoting self and arrogance. Um, just, just in how I live and where I live and, and who I live around, right? The world basically promotes self-promotion and arrogance and the... And, lack of humility. Well, I can tell you I learned a lot this week about humility. I, I mentioned it before. From firemen, you're out. Could you imagine if you're on a fire crew and the men and women that are out there, you are, your whole job is to put out a fire so that lives can be saved. Whether it be lives metaphorically, like people's financial life or their basically economic life, their houses and such, or their actual life, their actual life. 
That's our whole job. And they're humble. I mean, if I was given that job, then my whole existence is to, is to save like the physical life. Well, I think that maybe my arrogance would come into play. Look at me, right? But uh, the people that I interacted with taught me a lot about humility. And so I need to pursue that kind of maturity. That is a mature attitude. To have humility, I don't need promotion. I don't need self-promotion. I don't need to be known. I don't need to like have people all the time propping me up. Sometimes it's nice, and I am a words of affirmation person. Mostly I'm a words of affirmation person because I need my community around me, like that plurality of voices speaking into me, affirming that this is, that, that you're also hearing God's voice in the direction that, that we, are, we are going. Um, I think it's nice to hear, you know, affirmation about something we accomplished or, or did, uh, just so that we know, that I know that, okay, that was worth something to somebody, that I'm moving in the right direction. I don't necessarily feed off of affirmation. I don't necessarily uh, live off of affirmation. Um, sometimes it grates at me. Sometimes it gives to me. Uh, yet I don't live off of it. And so the spiritual maturity that we need to find is not living off of the take, but we live off of the give. And I heard a quote uh, this week. Um, I think it was Nelson Mandela. I'll try to do the quote. Is the things that we give away, we keep forever. But the things that we keep, we lose. The things that we give away, we keep forever. But the things that we keep, we lose. There's a lot of truth to that, that I think that if we learn to be a humble person and to give away our thanks and to give away our affirmation and to give away in generosity and serving, to give away with partnering with others and being a part of their life and what they need, learning to give sacrificially, learning to offer our lives and our lifestyle and our minds with time and energy towards others. When we learn to give, those are the things that we keep forever. God calls those treasures in heaven. But the things that we keep are hoarding, our arrogance, our pride. The things that we keep are neediness, the things that we keep, the things that we live off of, like affirmation or the need for people to tell us the attaboys or the girls, The things that we keep, like our anger, harbored resentments, or even our own emotional internal violence or external, whichever or however you are. The things that we keep, those are the things that we lose over. Those are the things that hold us back for the rest of our lives. Those are the things that gain that new reputation that we don't want. Those are the things that break the greatest mission that Jesus has given us, that is to love people. So I pray that we would become people 
that learn to give away, that we would learn to continually grow and spiritually mature, to be unified together under this mission of love, to be unified together under Jesus, that we would, whether there be war outside, war inside, or dealing with change, that our arrogance and our anger would take a very last seat to the love and the care and the generosity that Jesus wants us to have in our life. Let's take communion with that. That Jesus says, this is my life given to you. I'm going to give this up so that you can keep it forever. Let's take this together. Father, thank you for today, the opportunity to gather um, online. Lord, help us, to, help us to continue to love in tangible, meaningful ways. Help us to put down our quarrels and our fighting amongst us. Help us to put down our opinions. Lord, help us to put down our arguments, our negativity, our conflicts. Lord, help all that to take a very very last seat, Lord, in people knowing the love of Jesus. So Lord, I pray that we would be promoters of the love of Jesus, doers of the love of Jesus, believers in the love of Jesus, Lord, in this world that we are in. Help us to be the light of Jesus amongst our community. So Lord, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. Lord, I pray a blessing of care, protection over the people fighting fires that are around us, the people that are serving, Lord, in the camps and in the uh, in field operations commands, in the incident command centers. Lord, I pray that those people are kept safe. Lord, I pray for their families. I pray for those that many, many, many people are missing, Lord, south of us. I pray for their families. Let it pray that they're identifying bodies right now, that those families are comforted as they've lost loved ones. Lord, I pray that, um, that this season, Lord, that we've endured so much of just the, the very worst um, possible situations that have just compounded. Lord, I pray that we would always keep the love of Jesus right at the forefront, that we would be known for that instead of anything else, that we would be known that you are the way, the truth, and the life. So Lord, help us to be promoters of that love and doers of that love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, Resonate. Thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great week. Uh, Pray for those that are around you. Help those that are around you. Um, it is a season where the air quality is bad. Stay inside. We are promoters of just health. And so we want you to stay inside today as much as you can. Um, if you need an N95 mask, we have some around. I don't have a lot, but we have some around. So if you are a vulnerable person, if you're a vulnerable person, uh, we want to help you, whether you have asthma whether you have something, 
that is vulnerable with this kind of smoke in the air. We want to be helpers, and we want to love you in this way. So please direct message us if you need help with anything and, and anything possible. Uh, we want to be right alongside you during this, during this season. God bless you resonate. We love you. We're thankful for you, and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care.